0: Back to another episode of the six minutes podcast. Lately, I've been getting into something called Santeria, so today I thought I would do an episode on what it is, why it's called what it is, and honestly, without further ado, I'm just gonna get right into it because I know you guys are super tired of me talking all the time um so just to start with Santeria it has its roots in the yoruba people of west africa um the slave trade brought many africans to cuba brazil haiti southern usa puerto rico trinidad and other caribbean uh, basin nations so in cuba the slaves of the yoruba origin were called lukumi um, maybe this was due to the mistaken belief that they all belonged to the Ulkumi tribe, or because the slaves address each other as um Olugu olugumi, uh, meaning my friend in the Yoruba uh, religion and um sorry, Yoruba culture. Um, but most Africans were forced to convert to Catholicism or some sort of it. Upon arrival in the New World, so many continued to practice their native religions at the same time. And a common misconception is that Afro-Cubans blended the two religions into a single one. But actually, a more accurate um, way to think about it is that the um, they syncretized, you know, um, the two systems. And they continued to use them parallel with one another. Um, so that's, in the in their minds, like, both coexisted together. Uh, they worked parallel and sort of side by side. It wasn't that they synchronized one whole religion um, together to make it one called Santeria. It was still uh, Catholicism and then still the religion of the Yoruba. But... They worked in parallel, basically. Um, so, basically, no contradiction was seen between them because, like I said, they're being used in parallel. So there was no way, um, in their, in the Cubans' eyes, that it was being contradicted in any way. That either of them were being contradicted in any way. So practitioners, practitioners of um, Santeria, would describe themselves as Catholic. Uh, attend catholic masses and baptize their children as catholic while also practicing their african based religions in their ile or uh, lokumi temple house in their homes or in the home of a religious elder and while they know that the catholic saints and the lokumi orishas are not identical they find similarities between them And they saw no problem keeping a statue of St. Barbara, for example, or uh, the Virgin of Charity on the Lukumi altar as another way of representing Chango or Oshun, um, two of the most popular orishas in Cuba. And for centuries Santería was practiced as a somewhat secret religion as a way to avoid uh, religious persecution or the negative social stigma attached to the Afro-Cuban culture in general. And it survived as an oral tradition and it was passed down from one generation to another and through initiation ceremonies that created a tightly bound community and distinct lineages based on ancestors. Um, Now, as Cubans left the island, many took their religion with them, and Santeria spread to the United States, Canada, Europe, and other South American countries. And pretty much wherever Cubans or uh, anyone mentioned above kind of migrated to. And it's still practiced today in the New World. Um, We'll get more into that later. Um, I'm just going to take a quick pause here and then come back with the next A little section... Sorry, my voice, uh, my throat is getting raspy. I don't even know why. Like, I guess, like, this when the weather changes. But um, I'm done with my break, so (laughs) I'm back. And uh, we're going to get into why, specifically, it's called Santería. Now, most practitioners of Santería prefer the name Regla de Ocha, or the Lokumi religion. Although it's practiced today by people all over the world, Regla de Ocha is... Uh, generally defined as an Afro-Cuban religion that originated in what is today Nigeria, Benin and uh, that's in West Africa as well. So it's, it's predominant in a lot of West African religions, uh, you know, mostly Nigeria and uh, countries like Benin. The word Santeria specifically comes from Spanish and loosely translate as devotion to the saints or santos and people who practice it are also called santeros Um, many practitioners of the regla lucumi refer to the orishas or the deities of the religion as saints or santos and therefore they call themselves santeros or santeras for females Now this tendency to combine terminology and concepts from Catholicism and West African religions is sometimes called religious syncretism. But remember we said that Afro-Cubans specifically do not see it as synchronizing two religions to make one. They see it as two separate religions that they perform in parallel and they don't contradict one another because both of them have differences still. Catholicism, you know, we believe in a specific God, whereas Santeria, we believe in specific saints. Okay, so there's still the differences, but it is somewhat rooted in Catholicism as well. However, keep in mind that they do not contradict one another because the two religions are still... Uh, rather different from one another. So they are performed in parallel to one another and they coexist. So, some key takeaways to keep in mind are that Santeria combines influences of Caribbean traditions. West Africa's Yoruba, spirituality, and some elements of Catholicism. Now, to become a Santero or a high priest, one must pass a series of tests and requirements prior to initiation. Um, That is how you're blessed into the religion. And in a landmark in 1993 uh, case, The church of the Lakumi Babalu Aye successfully sued the city of Hialeah, Florida, for the right to practice animal sacrifice with a religious context. And the Supreme Court determined that it was a protected activity. So that's some interesting facts for you guys to know. Um, I'm going to try to stop pausing this so often, but my throat is killing me. Getting back quickly into the origins of Santeria, it's in fact not one set of beliefs, but it is a uh, religion that blends several aspects from Catholicism and other different faiths and cultures, despite the fact that some of these beliefs might be uh, contradictory to one another. Santeria combines influences of Caribbean tradition, as we said before, uh, West Africa's Yoruba spirituality, and some elements of Catholicism, but not all and the key here is that Santeria is the um, religious practice of you know praying to saints or having your spiritual guides or so so to speak but Catholicism is more rooted as we believe in Jesus Christ and he's the only uh, God type of thing but Santeria has several uh, orishas or santos that can behave as protectors for certain people. And I say for certain people because everybody has their own um, assigned orisha. And some everybody does it differently, but I've heard experiences where some people will start seeing the signs of the orisha they belong to. For example, uh, one of the ladies from my favorite podcast, Brujas of NYC, actually mentioned that when she became more interested in Santeria, when she be, when she started, you know, studying Santeria more and paying more attention to her spirituality, um, she noticed that people around her actually were wearing red and black, and then she had a bracelet, an evil eye bracelet, that she wore. And she suddenly, and she didn't notice before, but like her bracelet was also red and black. But the biggest, um, I think, eye opening experience for her was being invited to an event by one of her Puerto Rican friends. Um, And she didn't know what the event was about. She just said, uh, she just knew it was some sort of Santeria event where they were. Celebrating one of the orishas and she didn't know who it was for I don't think her friend really knew who it was for either specifically but she invited her anyway she gets there she sees women wearing all white you know they're performing a ritual because it's what they do in these celebrations and she notices that the um, celebration is for one of the orishas called Elegua and Elegua turns out to be her spirit guide so it's very cool to see how she was able to connect to her saint in that way but others are actually when they're blessed into the religion their saint is assigned to them they don't really have a choice about who to pick but for her i remember her saying on her podcast that she's like you know um i'm not gonna let anybody tell me who To believe or dictate, you know, like what I believe or how I see things, you know. Um, So she kind of found her own deity, per se, um, for a lack of better words, even, which I think is very cool. I think that uh, this is a very special experience to go through, especially when you're just discovering yourself and coming to terms with your newfound spirituality and things like that it's very cool to be able to kind of dictate your own reality you know what i mean um but just getting right back into it um evolved when african slaves were stolen from their homelands during the colonial period and forced to work in uh, Caribbean sugar plantations and Santeria is a fairly complex system because it basically blends the Yoruba Orishas to or divine beings with Catholic saints. So in some areas African slaves learned that honoring their ancestral Orishas was far safer if their Catholic owners believed they were worshiping saints instead. Hence the tradition of overlap between the two. So the Orishas serve as messengers between the human world and the divine. They are called upon by priests by a variety of uh, methods, including trances and possession, divination, ritual, and even sacrifice. And to some extent, Santeria includes magical practice. Although um, this magical system is mostly based upon interaction with and understanding of the Orishas. Um, so as far as Santeria today, there are many uh, Americans who actually practice uh, Santeria. A Santero or high priest traditionally presides over rituals and ceremonies um, and to become a Santero you actually have to pass a series of tests and requirements prior to the initiation. Uh, and our training includes divinatory work, herbalism, counseling and it is up to the Orishas to determine whether a candidate for priesthood has passed a test or failed. Um, So most Santeros have studied for a long time to become part of the priesthood and it is rarely open to those who are not part of the society or culture. For many years uh, Santerio was kept secret and limited to those of African ancestry and You know, according to the Church of Santeria, they say over time, African people and European people began to have children of mixed ancestries. And as such, the doors to Lukumi slowly and reluctantly for a lot of people opened to also non-African participants. But even then, the practice of Lukumi was something you did because your family did it. It was tribal. And in many families, it continues to be tribal. At its core, uh, Santeria Lukumi is not an individual practice. It is uh, not a personal path and it's something you inherit and pass on to others as elements of a culture that survived the uh, tragedy of slavery in Cuba. You learned, that, you learned Santeria because it was what your people did. Uh, you practice Santeria with others in the community because it serves the greater whole. So it's not something that you just go and do yourself. It's not something that I personally would be able to just go and do. Um, You know, like it's usually people in the community who practice it. um, Because they say if you're a newcomer or if you're an outsider. Not if you're a newcomer because if you're a newcomer and you're part of the culture, at least you understand it. Because you've seen your family probably practice it at some point in your life. But if you're a stranger to the entire culture and religion. Then for you it might be dangerous. Because you could play with things that you're not meant to play with. You know. Um, And there's a dark side to everything. Unfortunately there's a dark side to everything. So some things are better uh, left as unknown. As As interesting as it may be. Even to somebody like myself. I don't think I could just go into it because I don't think for me it will be safe to do so not knowing um, not knowing what I could get myself into no matter how safe it could possibly be there's always an opportunity where if you don't know what you're doing you could possibly summon something very dark very evil so to avoid that I think is just it seems like at least that it's best for people in the community who know what they're doing to practice it um and also it comes with great responsibility because like we said you also have the opportunity to learn how to practice magic or not learn how to practice magic some people can have a magical ability or a psychic ability but that takes a lot of responsibility to be able to handle so not anyone can do it. So it's one of those things where you really should be part of the culture and you really should have an understanding of it in order to practice it. Um I know some actors and actresses do it like some white Americans do it or whatever. I just don't think that you should be practice you should be watering down any religion you don't understand just because it looks cool from the surface. You know, I think with a lot of power and spirituality also comes a lot of responsibility as well. Um, and to practice Santeria, you definitely have to be a very knowing and responsible individual. So I think that's best left to those who actually understand the culture. Um, so getting into the orishas there are a number of different orishas and most of them correspond to a Catholic saint so some of the most popular orishas include and I've already mentioned Elegua but Elegua is one of them and he is similar to the Roman Catholic Saint Anthony and Elegua is Lord of the Crossroads he serves as the liaison between man and the divine and has a very great power. He's also a trickster. He likes to play tricks. And his colors are red and black. So if you start seeing red and black around you um, and you're getting into Santeria, you know, you, you, you practice it throughout, you know, your, your entire life or you've seen family Practice it, or if you've, you've been exposed to it and you see red and black, more than likely your saint that you're associated to is Alegua. So, uh, the next one is actually Yamaya. She's one of the other uh, most popular saints. So, she's a spirit of motherhood and she's often associated with the Virgin Mary. She's also affiliated with the moon magic and witchcraft. And Yamaya is also associated with like water. She's the goddess of water. And Yamaya is a very beautiful individual. She she demonstrates motherhood. So obviously she's probably she's gonna be curvaceous and she's gonna look fertile and she um she how do i say this for lack of better words she has a she has she has to have a um like powers infertility you know what i mean because she's where she represents motherhood she's a spirit of motherhood so she's associated sometimes too with aphrodite um so is oshun but yamaya is more like uh the Virgin Mary, Um, she's the the mother, I think, of the goddesses, Um, she's beautiful, and she represents um, the moon, and magic, and witchcraft, and yeah, Yeah, Yamaya, you have to look into her more, because she's one of the, I think, largest figures in the Santeria religion, um, Baba, and then there's Babalu Aye he is known as the father of the world and is associated with sickness epidemics and plagues he corresponds to the catholic saint Lazarus and he's connected to healing magic and Babalu Aye is sometimes called upon as a patron of those suffering from smallpox HIV and AIDS leprosy and other infectious diseases Then we have Chang'o. Chang'o is an Orisha who represents powerful masculine energy and sexuality. And he is a being associated with magic and may be invoked to remove curses or hexes. And he ties strongly to Saint Barbara in Catholicism. Chang'o and Oshun have kind of the same energy. Oshun is very sensual, she's very feminine, she's a very feminine-like energy, and I know we said Yemaya is the symbol of motherhood, but Oshun is the symbol of fertility, of sensuality, of playfulness, of beauty, of love, and she's known for, you know, um, being very flirtatious and being very playful, and she's not a serious Orisha. So, if you need to talk to her about something that's serious, she's not the one you want to be talking to. She's very playful, she will take you seriously, but she'll take you seriously if she really falls in love with you and if you break her heart. Um, otherwise, she's very playful, she's very fun, she loves like gold, honey. Um, and nature in general, she's always associated with nature and the color yellow as well. Um, and Oshun, I would say, is more closely related to Aphrodite. And then we have Oya. Oya is a warrior and the guardian of the dead. She is associated with the saint Teresa. And it is um, estimated that about a million or so Americans currently practice Santeria. But sometimes it's hard to determine whether uh, this count is accurate or not because there's a lot of social stigma commonly associated with Santeria by followers of mainstream religions. And it's possible that many adherents of Santeria keep their beliefs and practices secret from their neighbors. And why, you might ask, because it can seem like they're doing like voodoo or you know dark magic or something like that but in reality it's a complete opposite santeria is all about healing and protecting oneself and one's family and the greater good of course too but um a number of adher- he- adherents adherents <laughs> of santeria have made the news lately because the religion does incorporate it animal sacrifice, uh, usually as chickens, but sometimes other animals such as goats. In a 1993 case, as we already mentioned above, the Church of Lakumi Babalu'aye successfully sued the city of Hialeah, Florida. The end result was that the practice of animal sacrifice, with the religious context was ruled by the Supreme Court to be a protected activity. And then in 2009, a federal court ruled that a Texas Santero, Jose Merced, could not be uh, prevented by the city of Ulysses from sacrificing goats in his home. Merced filed a lawsuit with city officials, um, said that he could no longer perform animal sacrifices as part of his religious practice, and the city claimed animal sacrifices jeopardized public health and violated its slaughterhouse and animal cruelty ordinances. And Merced has claimed that he had been sacrificing animals for over a decade without any problems, and he was willing to quadruple uh, bag the remains and find a safe method of disposal as well. And then in August 2009, the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans said the U.S. ordinance placed a substantial burden on Merced's free exercise of religion without advancing a compelling governmental interest. And Merced was pleased with the ruling and he said, now Santeros can practice religion at home without being afraid of being fined, arrested, or taken to court. So... That is part of Santeria and what it contains and what it is specifically and some of the orishas that exist within it. But um, if you guys want to know more, I will be doing a part two. It's just that I can't really do the rest today because my voice is, as you can tell, very raspy, and uh, it's time for me for it's time for me to get to bed as well <laughs> um, because I I. I'm starting to lose track of what I'm even saying and can't even speak properly and gather my thoughts properly for you. So I wanna make sure that I give you quality content as well. But it's something that I've been more interested in studying lately. Um it's very interesting to actually look into and it's kinda of like i don't know like i feel even though i'm not part of the culture or religion i just i get goosebumps when like i hear the music from specific orishas like the rhythms playing you know what i mean it's very enlightening um i guess journey to look into such a religion it's different and it's it's extremely interesting it's just that I know for myself, I would definitely not be able to practice because I don't have the knowledge and the training that it would take for me to even be a part of this beautiful religion and culture. But um, I can live vicariously through some of my friends and um, some of my favorite brujas who practice it. Um, and through listening to their podcasts and what they have to say about it and it's a learning process for me too it's cool I just I don't know I like learning new things and this is one of those things that I'm delving deeper into because it's so interesting and there's so much history behind it as well and as you guys know I do love my history um, but yeah if you like what you heard um, you know send me a message let me know what your feedback is uh let me know if you've ever heard of Santeria let me know if you practice Santeria let me know your experiences with it I really would love to hear them because this is a learning opportunity for me as well but um, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your night get lots of rest and uh, I will catch you in the next episode of the six minutes podcast bye